It is January 21st, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, and across all major podcast platforms. And as always, you can go join us at the mothership at robisright.com. Without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith. Hey, Stan. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am well, except I'm a little remiss that we forgot to acknowledge Robert E. Lee's birthday yesterday. Okay. Uh, no. Happy birthday. Yes. Do you think we'll be punished in heaven for not being timely with that? You know, so, there's just so many things going on in the world that I think if you miss a birthday or two in your life, you're probably a-okay. Yeah, well, and we all know that God was a better sympathizer, so anyway, I hope we'll be okay. <laughs> That's true, Steph. I did um, not know that. Uh, yes, Deo Vendici. All right, Stu, um, interesting how inept the Biden administration is. Um, we spoke yesterday, I think, about the tests that are going out and how the website doesn't work if you live in um, a building that has more than one unit. And it's just unfathomable that they, that they let that slide and didn't know that that would be a problem. Well, we have another problem, Stu. And apparently the COVID test are very sensitive to cold. And um, if they freeze, they're no good. They're worthless because it's liquid inside of it. And even if it gets, um, even if it's above freezing up to like 36, 37%, um, they also are damaged because of this. Well, Stu, all these things are going out in the mail. And if you look at a temperature map across the United States, uh, what, three quarters of the country are uh, under 36 degrees right now. Um, so still, again, it's just incredible, the incompetence. And it just shows you that this whole idea to put these things out um, was a spur of the moment uh, plan they came up with. They hadn't even thought about it until they started to catch so much grief about him not ordering the test. Uh, so they're just like, oh, we'll create a website and we'll ship them out. Uh, well, Stu. Um, and Jen Zaki laughed at the notion of sending a test to everybody at one point. But the government's so incompetent, by the time they actually get to people, it will probably be spring or, or even summer. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, um, do we really think that the government's going to be able to drop all these things in the mail? Um, it's, you know, it's, of course they're not. Uh, it'll be months and months and months before people get things. It'll be a, a huge cluster F. Lots of folks won't get them. They'll be damaged. Um they won't work. Um, so, um, Stu, everybody's talking about this today, and it really is incredible. Is the uh, Biden uh, presser yesterday, 
and just what a feeble old fool he was. He was be asked a, a question and he would just ramble on. First of all, I put in perspective the question you asked. Very few schools are closing. comedy though we still have great comedy out there there's always rambling joe biden what the f joe says shit that even people with tourettes go no no what is going on joe is like your uncle who's on a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right i'm proud to work with barack america he's not a superhero you idiot come here when fdr was on television there was no tv back then come here joe <laughs> sit down he free forget where he was and his answers didn't even have any correlation to the question at all um but a serious matter Stu, as you know um he was asked about ukraine and what the united states response would be if russia invaded and he did two things that were just it'll go down in history as being just notoriously stupid uh, one, he asked if he thought Russia would invade. And he said, yeah, I think they'll invade. Well, by saying that, he's telling Russia that, um, that he understands that they don't, they're not wary of any of the United States' proclamations on this. They don't care. Uh, so he weakens himself just with that. And he made it sound like they had been backed into a corner, like there was nothing else that they, they realistically could do. Yeah. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. I mean, the weakness is incredible. Um, um, and, but um, most interesting and most damaging is what he, when he said when he was asked about what the United States response would be, he said, well, he basically said this, I'm paraphrasing. Well, it depends. You know, if it's just an incursion, uh, probably not that, we probably aren't gonna do that much. But if it's a full, if it's a full invasion, then, you know, then there's gonna be in, this incredibly strong response from the United States. Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. Fearing this could be seen as a green light for Putin, the White House immediately went into damage control mode, issuing a clarification statement. The Russians have an extensive playbook of aggression short of military action, and those acts will be met with a decisive reciprocal and united response. And of course, you know, there's not going to be a strong response from the United States. It'll be, you know, a month of talking about sanctions um, if it happens. 
but for him to say an incursion is acceptable, um, it's the lack of cognitive thinking about uh, foreign policy and how our adversaries might act based on the statements you make. It's extraordinary just how brain dead he is. Um, Meanwhile, Blinken is in the Ukraine trying to get everything situated and to smooth things out, maybe settle for some sort of peace. And then the president of Ukraine had this to say, we want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions and small nations, just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones. I say this as the president of a great power. And so that came from Zelensky. And then just keep in mind, you know, minor incursions, this, whatever the language that they're using to play things down, that's the same kind of mentality that led to the epic failure that was the pullout of Afghanistan. You know, there were just minor losses of military equipment. There were just minor losses of children being drone striked by the U.S. government with no repercussions. And so this is just the, it's, I mean, at least you get the reliability of it's always going to be a messed up failure, but it shows that they're not learning from their mistakes. And if they want to sway voters to vote for them in the primaries, then primaries and in, in 2022, later in 2022, they need to show that they can change. Otherwise, they're going to get just murdered at the polls. Well, you just see the same weakness that... Um we've seen play itself out in post-war United States under, under Jimmy Carter, for example. After what we did after Watergate, the way we pulled out and of, um, of foreign affairs and the, you know, and the results are, are predictable. The Russian bear, you know, um, um, spread itself in, I think, Angola, Mozambique. They had the Cuban adversaries. Uh, eventually, they invaded Afghanistan. Um, you know, if you show a weakness, you will be taken advantage of. And, and I'm going to put a map up on the screen real quick, and I'm, I'm just going to show the Donbass region of Ukraine. And so yeah, that's when we the Russian region, yeah. Yeah, so if we, if we consider a minor incursion is that they take over the Donbass region, you can really see that's not really even overextending themselves because Crimea technically goes further out than Donbass. So I just want to kind of show that on the map so people can actually kind of visualize what arguably, if I were Putin, I would probably do is Donbass, the ethnic Russian area of Ukraine that actually legitimately had a vote to join Russia, which Putin turned down a few years back, realistically could be taken over over the weekend. I mean, Jesus Christ, why are we here? Well, how would you like to be the powers that be in Ukraine where you go, here we gave this guy's son uh, $83,000 a month uh, for several years got him all sorts of sweetheart deals. And this is the way we're treated. <laughs> I mean, he, he handed Ukraine over to the Russians on a silver platter. Um, by the way, Stu, Ukraine's a big country. It's, um, 
it's 50 million, I believe. Um, and, um, you know, with a little help from the United States, um, they're capable of um, putting up a defense um, if something like that were to happen. Um, what, what do you think of this notion that if we got into a war, it would help boost up Biden's numbers? You don't think, I mean, something similar kind of happened with Bosnia and Serbia under Clinton, where Clinton had all this crap he was dealing with. And, you know, all of a sudden we're involved with this ethnic conflict in Eastern Europe and it kind of distracts the people. Yeah, it's called wagging the dog. I mean, um, what the um, Argentinian prime minister did with the Falkland Islands War, um, you know, um, and Blinken's comments stating, perhaps no place in the world experienced the divisions of the Cold War more than this city, speaking about Kiev. It seems at times that President Putin wants to return to that era. So then Blinken is making, trying to get the public to think that, oh, no, this is just, that Russia is the eternal enemy of democracy and the free world. And, you know, they are really still just the Soviets under, you know, a new rebranded image i think he wants to engage in some sort of scare tactics that they're the boogeyman out there you know russia's vastly different now than it was um under the soviet union um you know putin is a an oligarch and a tyrant but russia does i think have legitimate concerns for it's uh, security um, based on their history. Um, it's much more complicated than the white hats and the black hats. And just to kind of help people understand this a bit better, NATO, which is kind of what this all comes down to, is kind of discussing, you know, should we allow Ukraine to be in there? At one time, NATO was actually a little bit more open to working with Russia until they annexed Crimea in 2014. And so it really kind of looks like NATO, the issue comes down to NATO, which is essentially the anti-Russia club, pretty much, or the anti-Russia military alliance. I think, too, I forget exactly what happened with the nuclear weapons in Ukraine. But I think the United States talked Ukraine out of keeping their nuclear weapons uh, under the guise that you will fall under Western protection. Um, so shows you how good our word is um, on something like that. Jen Psaki, just today, it's just amazing the way the FBI works with the administration and does the bidding of the administration. The Texas synagogue bomb, I mean, uh, terrorist uh, was uh, known by MI5 uh, to be a, a terrorist and a threat. And he was also on a terrorist watch list. But Saki says that the U U.S. had no derogatory information on him. Then uh, a couple questions on what happened in Texas over the Sure. Um, how is it that an individual who was known to MI5 in Britain, uh, who was on a watch list as a 2020 
ended up in a synagogue in Texas. How, how did that happen? Well, our understanding, and obviously we're still looking into this, is that um, he was checked against U.S. government databases multiple times prior to entering the country, and the U.S. government did not have any derogatory information about the individual in our systems at the time of entry. We're certainly looking back, as I referenced, at what occurred to learn every possible lesson we can to prevent attacks like this in the future. Uh, beyond that, I'd certainly refer you to the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, she just protecting the FBI for its incompetence. Um, if the FBI were busy doing its job instead of carrying water for the Biden administration and trying to criminalize perfectly legal um, um, conduct and free speech, uh, maybe they would have been on top of this guy. Um, anyway, um, Speaking of this, the way the FBI seems to be weaponized and kind of the bouncer or the, the heavy for the Biden administration yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they um, raided the home of a congressman, Congressman Henry Cuellar. He's South, South Texas and he's a Democrat. And he's been very critical of the Biden administration and their uh, border policy. Um, we don't know why yet they invaded, um, they raided his house, but there's a pattern here, Stu, um, of using the FBI to uh, rub out your political enemies. And it wouldn't put it past me that this is political as well. And of course, it's a real sign of tyranny. Um, Stu, that Hulk Hogan of a man, Robert Reich, um, <laughs> he called for Dems to backhand Kristen Cinema, And, you know, he caught some um, abuse for that, some criticism, because that's really threatening violence of against a, a, a senator and he went he went on Twitter and you know um, got all got, got his panties in a wide saying conservative media misinterpreted what he said Stu wasn't he part of the lollipop guild in Wizard of Oz <laughs> uh, most likely I mean yeah the audacity to to say that you know, yeah, if it, black if and white, what he said. Yeah, she should get pimp slapped for not falling in line. That's what that translates to me. Yeah, and again, he's a Harvard professor, and against it, um, wanting to do away with the filibuster. Okay, um, all of them think they're all in lockstep, as though no one has a conscience. You would expect in a world where there wasn't this lockstep groupthink, we have to do what the party says or else they're going to send their henchmen in the middle of the night and take us to Siberia, that there would be uh, a little bit of a diversity of opinion over critical issue like this. Um, especially an issue where they've all felt exactly the same way when situations were reversed. I mean, absolutely. I mean, 
there's video of Barack Obama as a senator in 2005 vigorously defending the filibuster, which Thomas Massey shared out today. The American people want less partisanship in this town, but everyone in this chamber knows that if the majority chooses to end the filibuster, if they choose to change the rules and put an end to democratic debate, then the fighting and the bitterness and the gridlock will only get worse. Now, I understand that Republicans are getting a lot of pressure to do this from factions outside the chamber. But we need to rise above the ends justify the means mentality because we're here to answer to the people, all of the people, not just the ones that are wearing our particular party label. And now he, Obama calls it a Jim Crow relic. And so this all comes down to, like you just said, whether, they're there, whether they are in the majority or not. And it's all gross political power the idea of what's good for the institutions of the United States to be able to give us the protections uh, endemic in the, in the Constitution, they don't even think about that. They don't think about the good of the country. They just think about power. And, it, and you know, when that is highlighted the way it is, it's scary because, you know, this faction, it's all they care about. And of course, you know where that leads, you know, eventually will lead to death camps and genocide. So I'm looking at this story about Thomas Massey, and I'm going to kind of touch up on some things we've talked about this week. So the first thing is that he has tested positive for COVID again. I'm going to put his tweet up on the screen. And so he says, I have tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 home tests confirmed by lab PCR. I had cold allergy symptoms for one day and seemed to be over it. I can't guarantee, but I suspect my symptoms have been very mild due to prior infection two years ago. Also, perhaps this was Omicron, question mark. Was he tested? Yeah, he did a home test and it sounds like he did also did a lab PCR test to confirm okay. it as well. This is not a recommendation, only a disclosure. The only medication I took was Loratandine, which is the generic form of Claritin. Due to the symptoms I was experiencing, seek doctor's advice if you find yourself sick because every case is unique and some cases are very serious. I will not be voting, meeting in person or making public appearances until next week. I am not vaccinated or boosted. If trolls or media have other questions about my health status, the answer is most likely Nunya. <laughs> Nunya being Nunya business. Yes, sir. Way to go, so, Thomas Massey. So very interesting, honestly, very level-headed. And, you know, I I'm like- where sure he was attacked like crazy. Yes. And so how dare he say each case is unique? How dare he say some cases are very serious? How dare he wait a week into returning to the public and going against the CDC <laughs> regulations. How's he going against the CD? Because he should have been back in five days? I guess, yeah. That's just so nonsensical. He's being more conservative about it. than. And how dare he say that each case is unique? Who said that? I mean, these people are crazy. They're shrill. They're just... And so I forgot to mention this to you, but you didn't tell me that that footage 
of uh, DC's delegate, Eleanor Holmes Norton, the terrible driver, was leaked to the public by Thomas Massey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that was that all came to light because this all came to the light because Thomas Massey had tweeted the D.C. vaccine mandate kicks in this weekend. My office will not comply. We will not show papers. We will not order takeout from restaurants that require papers for dining. We will get our food from Virginia or we will bring it in to work. Shame has befallen our nation's capital, to which uh, Miss Eleanor Holmes Norton said she would provide sandwiches to members of Massey's staff who are vaccinated and boosted, but are afraid they'll get fired if they order in. If that description fits you and you're hungry, DM me and my staff will be in touch. DC has your back. Which Massey replied to her offer, just please promise you won't drive to get the sandwiches and then leaked the footage of her <laughs> doing essentially a hit and run. And then she thought she was clapping back by saying, would you like a sandwich too? Rep Thomas Massey, you'll feel better after you eat. There's even a word for feeling grumpy when you're hungry, hangry. There, there, it's going to be okay. So, I mean, you just got ousted for publicly doing a hit and run on someone. <laughs> but that's you clapping back. But I think this all kind of comes down to this notion that the left, Democrats, liberals, they really don't know what to do when they are dealing with a Republican or a conservative or a libertarian who doesn't kind of fit the mold of the Mitt Romneys, the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, and, you know, act in some sort of different way, have unique beliefs, you know. I'm going to put an image on the screen of Thomas Massey's home in Kentucky. It has solar panels, and it, I'm going to put the footage up of his entire house runs on Tesla batteries. Hi. It's Thomas Massey here. Some of you may recognize me as a congressman for Kentucky's 4th District, but this video isn't about politics. This video is about a quest of mine. It's January 1st, 2018, 9 a.m. We just rang in the new year, and this morning I am driving to Georgia to pick up a very important ingredient in something uh, that I plan to build this week. Yeah, you can see it's riding high without a battery in it. Well, that was that high because I think it's in jack mode. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Jack yeah. It, it, it was that high when I bought it in. This is my homemade graphical user interface for the power wall that I built using batteries out of a wrecked Model S Tesla. It lets me keep an eye on every voltage of every cell in the pack. There are 96 little bars there. And I can see what the battery management system is doing and how the batteries are performing. That uh, big battery shows me the overall voltage of the pack. And this display shows me how much net power is going into or out of the battery right now. The whole thing over there, that screen, is running off this $30 computer that's called a Raspberry Pi. 
And these are the modules that came out of the Model S. There are 16 of them. He built it all himself. He went to MIT. He's an electrical engineer. And he essentially has this kind of weird little aspect of himself where he's like this kind of conservative environmentalist type. And he finds freedom and liberation. He's a, so he's not participating in the actual electric grid by doing things his way and having this kind of... Well, he's one of those off-the-grid nuts, huh? A little bit. I mean... No, I it, mean... <laughs> I mean, that's that's how they're going to tag him. But, I mean, I mean, listen to this. So the floor in his home is actually stone from the creek in the backyard. The house's timber frame actually came off the farm from a storm in 2003. The stones on the outside of the house were also dug out of the property. And, you know, the aspects of some of the slate on the roof actually came from the property. Um, most of the material in our house came from our farm or was reused from some other project in the house. You know, they have chickens, they have cattle, and then they actually have a special garden that um, is buried partially under the ground to keep it warmer. And they actually are using um, the warmth of the actual earth so they can grow vegetables all year round. You know, there's a pic here's a picture of him as a little boy after he built a, a robot arm. So you have this guy who is obviously going to the beat of his very own drummer, and he does things his way, and the left just freaks out and just will throw these crazy labels at him because he's different. I mean, I I really don't well, understand. They want everybody to be uniform, Stu, because they don't see people as humans. Um, again, they see them as uh, their property. Yeah. Yeah, you are just a, a tool of the state. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, so that's that's what I got for you today. All right, Stu, any big plans tonight? I do not. I will just be staying in, seeing how this snow plays out. Uh, maybe I'll take my pet panda for a walk. But outside of that, I'll be relaxing and keeping an eye out for this big UFC fight this weekend. Any big weekend plans for you? I haven't thought that far, Stu. I'm just a working man. Uh, all, I can't see over the horizon. Uh, it's just work, work, work. Mm, damn. Well, get some rest. Try to have some fun. All right, Stu. Go get them. Later. Please join me in inviting President Barack Obama and Kehinde Wiley to unveil the portrait.